what, what we are willing and how far we're willing to go with what God has given to us. And so we're grateful for that this morning. Would you just, would you this morning, would you thank again our student uh, pastors, Tegan and Cindy, would you do that? Come on, especially you mom and daddies. Amen. Thank you for that this morning. I want to ask you again one more time to stand with us. We're going to read God's Word. We're going to pray, and then you can sit down for the next 30 minutes, and, and then we'll go from there today. We just I believe God's got something special for us today. I'm going to read to you scriptures that I read last week. Now, last week we did not put all of this up on the screen. Today it will be. I'm going to read to you from Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 20, and I'm going to pick up. And I'm going to share with you more in this series. I really had thought I would go another direction this week from last week. But I really believe that I know as of Thursday afternoon that I really needed to go again in this direction. And so I'm going to take you there. We've been talking about, last week we talked about protect the house. That was the part one of that. We talked about how your heart is connected to your thoughts. And so today we're going to go a little bit further in that. And we're going to talk about how your heart is connected to your thoughts and how that your thoughts will lead you down the pathway in your life. I'm going to show you that according to the scriptures this morning. So let's read together. Let me read to you. And you take just a moment to go with me, if you will, Proverbs 4, starting in verse 20, and then we'll pray. It says this. This is from the New Living Translation. My child, pay attention to what I say. Some of you parents know those words. Pay attention. It's, it's you saying, come here, look, look at me. You say that to your kids, look at me, pay attention to what I say. Listen careful to my words. In other words, there's something here that you don't need to miss. Don't lose sight, talking about uh, spiritual eyes to see. Let them penetrate deep in your, come on, I need some help. If y'all don't help me, I'm going to preach a while. Uh, don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Look at verse 22, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body, your whole body. Look at verse 23. This is where we got protect the heart. The word guard, when you translate it, look, it looks like the word protector. It is the word protect. Guard your heart above all else. Every, somebody say everything else. For it determines the course or the pathway of your life. Your thoughts, your heart, your mind, soul, your will, your emotions, all of those things tied into the center of who you are, your heart, where you get your thinking from, where your thoughts originate at, your mind, your will, what you're going to do, what you choose to do, and then your emotional state, how you are made up, what you, uh, uh, how you respond to it. Does that make sense? So what you think, are you with me? How you think in your mind. Uh, what you choose to do and then how you respond to that is all made up of this thing we call the heart. Mainly, your thinking comes from that place in your heart. Look at what it says. Avoid perverse talk, talking about what's coming out of your mouth. Stay away from corrupt speech. Verse 25, look straight ahead. There are your eyes again. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path. Look at this for your feet. In other words, there's a path that your feet's going to take. Stay on that straight or that safe path. Verse 27, don't get sidetracked. Don't go right. Don't go left. Look straight ahead. Keep your feet from following that which is evil or what's evil. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Lord, we thank you for what you have done this week, Lord, in our students and, Father, in the leaders. And, Father, we pray that today that would carry over into service. Father, we ask you to bless, Lord, every thought today, Lord, everything that is given, all the words, Lord, that are spoken. We ask you, Lord, that our spirit, man, would absorb those things into our heart because we know they will affect our life and, Lord, a way that God is good according to your word. Now, Father, we ask you to bless this time now in Jesus' name as we lean in. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. One of the things I learned early on, so as our students are sitting here, I'll help them. They've been with 16,000 other students praising and worshiping in a church service setting type thing uh, in an arena. And it's different than when you come into a church with 50 to 100 people or even 200 or 300 people in it. But I can tell you this morning uh, that I have learned one thing. I cannot... I cannot preach like Levi Lusco. He's a great guy. I cannot preach like him. I can't teach like Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges. I can't sing like Lecrae. But if you'll give me your attention for the next 25 minutes or so, I'm going to try to give you something of value that you can leave here with today. And you can walk out and say, you know what, that helped me. And that, that was something that I needed to hear today. So last week we talked about what was in your heart, how that your heart and what's in your heart comes out of your heart will affect your life. Whatever you choose to allow into that space will affect your character. It will affect who you are. It will affect your life, not just today, but for tomorrow. What you allow to come into your life will affect you, not just today, but for your tomorrow. That's why we say, and we kind of coined that phrase here, that in order for you to move ahead in your future, you got to settle some yesterdays. There's some stuff you've got to choose that in your life that you've got to get out, you've got to be healed of. And so we need to protect or guard our heart, what's coming in. How is it coming in, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you this, that what you listen to, that what you read, that what you watch are all things that will affect you on the inside of your heart or your mind, will, and emotions. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So the Bible says that Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived as far as a human except Jesus Christ, gave us this, these words. He said, above everything else in your life, guard your heart, protect your heart, build a structure around your heart, put some armor around your heart, because the things that are coming into your life, whether it's something that you're watching, whether you're reading, or even things that you say will guide your life. They will direct your path. They will, your life will follow a lot of those things. So Solomon tells us, guard those heart, guard your heart. Keep your eyes fixed on the path that's straight ahead of you so that you won't end up off in the ditch somewhere. Because if you're not careful, that will quickly happen. So here's this. Here's something in a synopsis of this. Whatever you think in your mind, your first thoughts will be the guidepost or they will be the guidelines of how your day will normally go. The very first thoughts that you put in your mind, what you think in your thoughts, what you put into your thought pattern will be what affects the rest of your day. That's why it's so important. Let me just give this to you real quick. That's why it's so important because many of us roll over in the bed and the first thing that's sitting on our nightstand is no longer an alarm clock, but it's what? It's a phone. It's a tablet. It's something that we look at because we're going to see how many likes we got on Facebook who died during the nighttime, 
Come on, somebody. Who got a new car? Who went on vacation? And I'm going to tell you, say, Pastor, you sound pretty crude, but here's the truth of it. And I need you to get this. And every eye listening or every eye looking and every ear hearing what I'm about to tell you, most of what you watch, I'll give this to you in a way that I know to give it to you, most of what you guys see on face on Instagram, because I'm going to be honest with you, when all the old people moved to Facebook, all the younger people started moving away from it. Oh, they still got accounts, but their their feeds now, a lot of them, them are on Instagram and Snapchat, and there's a reason behind that. But hear what I'm about to tell you. Most of what you see is the highlight reel of somebody's life. You're seeing what's good. They don't ever, most of the time, tell you what's bad. They don't show you that their car has been... Uh, 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 they don't show you the old car that they ended up having to buy because they didn't have enough money to buy a newer car. They normally show you the newer car that they got to get rid of the older car. Does it make sense to you? So here's the thing. We put in our minds or we what we allow in our minds first will affect the rest of our day because there is a principle of firsts found throughout this word that whatever you put into your heart first, whatever you put into your thought, Come on, somebody, it will affect the rest of your day. Come on. I'm telling you, it's true. You don't think that's true. You think about what consumes your mind continually, eventually leads your life. Think about yourself as a parent, those of you that are parents, that worry about mistakes that your kids were going to make, that you were going to make, and then you notice that the very mistakes you were worrying about making, you actually made. Come on, somebody. You made them. You didn't want to, but you did. And you notice that you're making them. Why? Listen to this concept real quickly. I've used it before. Riding a motorcycle, riding a bicycle, even driving a car, where your eyes look, you have a tendency to go. That's why kids that are early on end up in a ditch with a car because they got to looking at something else off the road. Come on, somebody. Your eye, where your eyes follow, then your life seems to follow that path. So what are you saying? If I sit here and said to you, don't think about elephants today. If I said, don't think about elephants, don't think about big old elephants with big floppy ears and big long trunks. Don't think about elephants eating peanuts. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about elephants. Can I tell you, if you let your mind be consumed with those thoughts and those things, that's how your life will go. What you put in your life for the, the first of your uh, first part of your day will be what hap- or the way your life goes. What are you telling me, Pastor? Remember that whatever you think about in your life, that listen to this, your feelings will also or eventually follow. A lot of times we'll complain and we'll talk about we don't we that we don't feel good. We use that in the term of that our soul is not well. That's what we're saying. We're saying something is going on in my mind. Something is going on in the way that I feel on the inside, and I don't. And we'll blame everybody else for the feeling. Well, I didn't feel good today in church because they didn't really it didn't really help me the way that it should. I, I felt like the pastor could have done better preaching. They didn't really help me in school today because I, I felt like maybe this uh, inter- 
The truth of it is, most of the time, it's what we've been allowing in, and because our thinking is stinking, come on somebody, our feelings have followed those stinking thinking. Come on somebody. There was a lot of things that they that the Bible talks about when the children of Israel went through uh, the Red Sea, when they came out of the wilderness. And the Bible says they murmured and they complained against Moses. And it wasn't that Moses was a bad leader. It wasn't that Moses didn't know God. It wasn't that Moses didn't have the right, uh, uh, he didn't have the right leadership skills. A lot of it was because their minds, they had allowed themselves to believe that God had brought them out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, that they would not have enough to eat, the fear of not having enough. Come on, somebody. They let all of that stuff bombard them, and the truth of it was that it was God that was bringing them out. It was God that was taking them on the journey, and God would use Moses to lead them as far as he wanted them to go, but they had to trust God by faith. Can I tell you something? Sometimes what you see in the physical, sometimes what you think about in the physical isn't always the way that it really is. It's a perception in your life that seems to be real. But God is saying, I want to take you a step further. I know that it doesn't look like you've got enough. I know that you may feel like you don't have enough. I may, I know that you might think in your mind somebody's got it better than you. But if you will trust me by faith, I didn't bring you in. Come on to leave you. I brought you in to bring you through. I'm going to do something greater in your life than you ever thought that I would. But you got to get your thinking lined up with what the Word of God says. This is not a bunch of psycho mumbo jumbo. I'm going to show you through the word and throughout the word that when your when your thought life lines up with what the word of God says, when it begins to trust what God says by faith, then your feelings begin to follow. And then you begin to walk by faith. And then you say, there's something about this walk of faith that's different. I'm not having to hang on daddy's coattail. I'm not having to hang on mama's apron strings. I recognize by faith that God wants wants me to succeed. He wants me to make it. God didn't bring me out here to let me die, but he brought me out here to make me thrive. Come on, somebody. Amen. Every time in my life, when I look over the span of my life from the time that I was young, when, when we gave our hearts to the Lord, and I say that my family the most pivotal moments in my life. Young people, I don't know why y'all are over there today. I almost need you right here because I feel like I'm preaching with you today. Again, the most pivotal moments in my life that I find were when God used somebody else to speak a word over my life. This weekend, God gave you some wonderful people to speak into your life, well-known people that have done well in ministry, have done well in families, but some of them... You don't know even all of their stories. I happened to hear Pastor Levi Lusco's story years ago or a couple of years ago about him losing his child and how devastating it was and how easy it would have been for the enemy to say, you don't need to preach. You don't even need to keep up in your marriage. You need to just let this thing go. But I'm going to tell you something. God, when God steps into the scene, when he comes in, when he begins to do a work, the most pivotal moments is when somebody speaks something over your life like you got this weekend and you realize, you know what, God's got something. They weren't just out there randomly speaking. There was things that you needed to hear.
here. Some of you even brought them back. Some of you shared with your parents and some of you haven't. That God spoke to you over this weekend. He ministered to you in a way that you needed to hear. And I'm going to tell you, those are the pivotal moments in your life. If you'll listen to what God's saying, He will turn your life. He'll change your life. And the direction that you're going will be a new direction, a greater direction. The greatest times and moments in my life were when somebody spoke something. I did not know when I was 9 and 10 years old that people were patting me on the head saying one day you're going to preach the gospel. One day you're going to see people that are sick healed. You're going to lay hands on them. They're going to receive their healing. You're going to see hundreds of people saved. I did not realize as a young boy that they were speaking over my life. Do you know what they were doing? They were prophesying over me. They were speaking words. Even though I wasn't a preacher then. Come on somebody. I was. I didn't know that I was called then. I didn't understand prophecy. I didn't understand healing. I didn't understand the working of the Spirit of God in my life. But I'm telling you they did and they saw potential in my life. Amen. And that's why and I have become the person that I have today. Are you with me? Your life is going to be marked about how you think about yourself. You want people to like you. You want people to think of you as you girls as beautiful or pretty and you'll say you know, maybe maybe make a post. I don't think I'm beautiful. I don't think that I am attractive. I don't think that I am. Can I tell you something? You need to speak over your life what you are to become. Those of you that are married, you need to speak over. I, I, I go through this with my own my own family, my own children. You need to speak over your wife what you want her to become. And I'm going to tell you, uh, women, you need to be speaking over your husband what you want them to become. There, there's nothing good going to come out of you speaking negative over their lives and talking about what you don't like about them because that is exactly the path that their life will take and the way you speak over yourself. That's why, let me back up one more time and pun it, kids, moms, dads, hear what I'm about to tell you. Moms and dads, you most importantly, if you want your children to be world changers, some of us would just be satisfied if they'd get saved and turn around and repent. We'd be happy with that. But I'm going to tell you something. I, we take it a step further. And we just believe, God, you've got something so big for them. We don't want them just to get saved. We want them to be saved. We want them to miss hell and see heaven. We want them to be in Jeep. But we just believe that God's got a plan so big for them that they're world changers. That you're not just simply what you think in your own mind, but somebody sees something bigger, greater. But pastor, you don't know the path they're taking. You don't know what they're doing. I can tell you right now, God knew their beginning from their end, and he sees something bigger than even what I see or you. You see, but we've got to believe it and speak it from our mouth. Come on, somebody. God wants to bring the best out of our life. And until you see or until you desire that in your life, you're not going to change your life until you change, look at this, the way you think. Your thinking directly is in correlation with how your heart or the things that come out of your heart. I know that I've given you some, some things to think about, some principles, and that's what I really wanted to do was to give you some principles behind your thoughts. Why do I think the way that I think? And then give you some practical ways that you can go out of here and say, I need to apply this to my life. The first thing I want to share with you, if there is one principle that I would give to you, and that is that if you'll change your thinking, your heart will follow. 
I will say this. I said it last week. If you didn't hear last week's message, try to go back and listen to it. It will help you a lot. I believe if you will change the way that you think, then your heart will follow. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because most of us can change our thoughts. We can change what we think about. I'm going to show you according to the Word. But most of us cannot change or we can't change our heart. Only God can do that. I thought a heart change is something that we did. Repentance is something that we do. If you look the word repentance up and you want to go as deep as you want to go with it, what you're going to find is repentance is literally a change of direction or change of mind. Now our thoughts are connected to our heart. From our heart is the way that our life will go. Are you with me? So when you change your thinking, the way that you think, you're directly beginning to do something inside of your life or something begins to happen in your life because you say now, Lord, I know that the way that I have been living is not pleasing to you and I no longer want to do that. This is not behavioral modification. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. You can change you can change your kids' behavior by tell, telling them if you don't straighten up, come on somebody, you don't fly right, I'm going to tan your hide. Now, if you didn't understand that, you may be a little too young to understand that. I don't know. Uh, Daddy used to say, son, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to clean your clock. If you didn't get that, get somebody over 45 to tell you what that means. But uh, that they, I understood that. Daddy did not have to tell me anymore. Our thing with our kids was, and we're not talking about abuse or anything like that. You understand the Bible says in Proverbs uh, that foolishness, you, this is a scripture every parent needs to learn, foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Look it up, read it, several translations, it'll help you, it'll help you with the kids. We never got time out. I did not know what time out was. We did not have an egg timer. We didn't get toys taken from us. We used the hand-me-downs that we ended up getting and the few things we got for Christmas. But hear me, there is something to be said about behavioral. Behavioral modification is, hey, if, if, if you do this, you know, if you don't do this, this is going to happen in your life. So you need to change your behavior. The great thing about God is God can help you with the outcome of your behavior if you change the way you think about yourself and about Him. Some of our kids don't want to go to church because they really don't love God. They don't really, come on somebody, they don't love His Word. They have a, they have, and before y'all get too happy with me, I'm going to tell you something, that the reason that is a lot of time, not because always the, uh, the child's fault, but because the parents have not put that in them. Because you send them to church and you expect us to fix what you haven't done at home. You send them to church and expect us to take them in children's church for an hour and try to straighten out their life and their behavioral issues when you won't read your word and pray with them at home when they need to be prayed with. There was times when my children would do things and the last thing they wanted to hear was come over here. Daddy's going to lay hands on you and pray for you right now. And that did not mean in a negative way. That meant that I don't know what you're dealing with right now, but the spirit you're carrying can't stay here. I'm preaching better than some of y'all are helping me. Come on, somebody. So change the way you're thinking and your heart follows. Proverbs 23, 7, the last part of that verse says this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. 
You can change your job, but not change the way you think about your job. Listen to me. And you'll have trouble on the next job like you did the first job. You can, you can say, my spouse isn't everything that I want them to be. And you can change spouses and not change your thinking. Come on, somebody. And have trouble with your next marriage. I'm preaching better than some of y'all are helping me. You can change cities. You can uproot your family. But if your thoughts don't change, you're still going to have some of the same problems because that stuff will follow you if it's in your heart. The Bible says it is the pathway. Keep your feet straight. Keep your eyes focused. Don't Come on, don't let the enemy guide you. Let the Word of God, I'm going to get to that, and the truth of God guide you. Proverbs 26, 11, a verse all of us learned in Sunday school. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. <laughs> all of y'all learned that in Sunday school, didn't you? Nobody did. But there's truth in that. If you've ever raised a dog, you know what it's talking about. They will and go right back to it. And you wonder in your mind, what are they thinking? Did we not feed them today? You know what I'm talking about. You know what the scriptures are saying? The scriptures are saying, you know what? Many times we have been hurt by the, the same way, only by different people. It's a good sign that if we don't get that stuff out of our heart, we'll return to the same foolishness and say, that'll never happen again, but we repeat it in our life. That's what that scripture says. When a dog returns to its vomit, it's just repeating its folly or it's just going back to the very thing that made it sick. Are you getting me? So if you, if, if you try to change your behavior without changing your thoughts that fed your behavior, you will never change your behavior. You say, Pastor, this sounds like something from a psychologist's office. No, it's all in the Word of God. You've just got to read it. You just got to read it. It's there. Life does not always change in our doing as much as it does in our thinking. If you're just trying to modify behavior, if you don't get the word inside of you that renews and changes your thinking, you will go back to the same stuff you've always been doing. All right, hear this. Changing your thoughts starts, this is number two, by renewing your mind with God's thoughts. We read that scripture. We, we know what Romans 12, 2 says. Let me just read it to you. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed. Our kids know what transformers are, but to be transformed isn't changing into a different, a different figure of a car. It is being transformed into the image of God by what? By renewing your mind, okay, renewing your mind. Some translation says by changing the way that you think. By changing the way that you think. Okay, if I'm going to change the way I think, then how am I going to do that as a Christian? Well, the Bible says that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. The only way that you can know what is acceptable and the perfect will of God is going to the Word of God. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? So a lot of people say, well, I read the Bible. I read the Bible. I read the Bible. Can I tell you what changes you? It isn't just reading the Bible, but it's letting the Bible read you. I said it's letting the Bible read you. It isn't saying, because there are guys throughout history, some of our forefathers, do some study on this. Some of you say, you're not telling the truth, Pastor. I am. Some of our early forefathers, that uh, one particular president that I can think of in my 
son did not like everything that the Bible said, so the things he liked, he cut them out and pasted them into his own thing of the Bible. That's the way, that's how he went. But the things he didn't like, he didn't. Can I tell you something? That's not what God's called me to do. God's called me not only to read the Word, meditate on it day and night, read it out. See, a lot of us read it, but we don't really read it. We just kind of, man, well, that ain't for me. God ain't talking to me. But when we read it and we start to meditate on it day and night, we put it in our hearts, then the Word of God begins to read me. And there are things I can't do anymore. There are places I can't go anymore. There are things I can't look at on my iPhone. There are things I can't look at on my tablet. Come on, there are things I can't listen to on the radio because the Word of God is now reading me. You know what the Word's doing? It's changing or renewing my mind and I'm not thinking the way that I used to think anymore. I don't think that way anymore. My mind has been changed by the renewing of God's Word. The Bible is alive. Somebody say it's alive. It's the only book that's alive. When you receive the living, breathing principles of God's Word inside you, it feeds your spirit man. You've got a soul and you've got a spirit. Your spirit man is what has been bought or born again. We don't have time to get into all of this today, but it's important that you know that. It is your spirit man that has been bought or born again. It is what's been changed. When you gave your heart to Christ, He gave you a renewed or a brand new spirit. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You were born again. You were changed by But it is our own nature, which is made up of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions that is constantly pulling against the things of the spirit. Spirit, the renewed spirit, the new spirit, the born again part of us. The born again part of us wants to do what's right. That's what Paul said. But he said, every time I try to do what's right, that old nature, the old dog sticks his head up again and tries to get me to do what's not wrong. Can I tell you, if your flesh or your soul is uh, is stronger than your spirit man, if your flesh is stronger than your spirit man, you will let your flesh do what it wants to do. But when your spirit man rises up and it says, you know what? You've been changed. Your thinking has been changed. Your mind has been changed by the renewing of God's word. I'm not the way that I used to be. Old things have now passed away. The old Tony died back in 1979. There was a there was a funeral for him, and now I'm living in a brand new life. My life is changed. Oh, it may be look like a lot of the same clothes. It may look like a lot of the ha- same hairstyle. But on the inside I have been made different because of the word of God the word changes you the reason that some people don't change as quickly as others is because they won't read the word they don't meditate they don't feed their spirit on the word what you feed yourself on let me give it to you all those people that are those uh, the gurus that understand working out they understand eating right Eat hamburgers for 30 days. Eat McDonald's for 30 days and see what it does to your body. Don't do it because you ain't going to be healthy. You're not going to be healthy if that's what you put in and you mix in your diet. But everybody knows the person who wants to get pumped up, come on somebody, wants to change the way their physique looks, wants to change the way their body looks, wants to uncover the six-pack that's been hidden by a keg, you can't eat McDonald's like that. Come on somebody. You've got to change the way that you're, the way you're thinking in order for your your body to change. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? The Word of God changes us. The principles, what you feed your spirit with. 
Hebrews 4 and 12 says the word of God is a living, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody say sharper. There's a reason that it says it's sharper because it needs to divide between, look at this, what's the two things? The soul and the spirit. Your soul's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit man's what's been made new again. It's what's born again. Look at what it says. And the joints and the marrow. I thought, man, that's pretty interesting. I know what a joint is. I've heard of a marrow before. But the Bible says it's able to discern between the thoughts, what you're thinking, and the intents or what you plan to do in your heart. But because God's Word is living, let me just explain this to you. It's powerful. It can separate my soul from my spirit. My soul, again, is comprised of the three, mind, will, and emotions. But my spirit has a DNA of God. It's what God has said about you. It's what God has said about me. Come on, somebody. It's what God knew about us before we were ever formed in our mother's womb. Can I tell you, can I just can I can I encourage you today that God had good things planned about you long before the bad ever happened in your life? And the good things that God has planned for you may be delayed, but they've not been denied, and they certainly do not change. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God's plan for your life, for your children's life, is good. Listen to this. My spirit has the DNA of God that is living and breathing on the inside of me. Have you ever had your emotions get in the way of what you knew God wanted you to do? The Bible says that the word of God is what separates that. Because your soul is made up of mind, will, and emotions. The emotions are the last part that's attached to that. And that's a lot of times what allows us to do differently than what we knew that we needed to do. Or how we... How or our feelings, the Word of God separates that. How about your will getting in the way of doing God's will? What God has planned, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't think I need to do that even though I know that's what God wants for me. Listen to this, the Word of God inside of you will separate what God's speaking to you from, from your emotions. Some people say, how do I know what God's saying and what my emotions are doing or what they're saying? Here's a, here's, a simple, here's a simple thought. When I use this, somebody say, here he goes. He's preaching on tithing and money and all of those things. Now, I'm going to tell you the first truth. The first of your increase. God says that God gave me what I have. I am only a manager of those things. In other words, the things that I have been given can quickly be taken from me as quick as they have been gotten. You may have a job today and be without one tomorrow. If you don't believe that, read your newspaper. Look at the news for just a little bit. If you think it's everything's okay, tithing is an is is off an increase of what God this is a principle. Look, if you don't get this, if you don't get this in your life, you're gonna miss a wonderful blessing from the Lord. I would say this even to these youth sitting here, these young people, listen to me. You're missing one of the greatest blessings that you'll ever have. You babysit, you get ten bucks for babysitting, one dollar of it belongs to the Lord. That's how, how I was taught. I didn't always understand it, but I knew from my dad, my parents teaching me, that was a principle in my life that I needed to learn. I didn't give them the leftovers. I didn't give them after I bought a frappe or a coffee or a latte or it is, I, if that's what I got, the first of that, like the first of your day, belong to the Lord. 
the first check of the week we write is a tithe check. That's, that's the tithe check. Why do we do that? Because I, if I'm having financial stru- struggles in my life, I listen to this, I'm not allowing my emotional state, the part of me that isn't brand new, to override what God has already spoken to me and about me. God says it's his plan for you to prosper and to be in good health. Your life in your mind sometimes, because your emotional state is what it is, says you have a fear of running out. If you if you give this, you won't have enough. I want to tell you that's where the word of God will separate what is truth from a lie. But you've got to walk it. It's really quiet in here. Got one amen. You've got to walk it out in faith, or you'll never know it. Most of the times, the ones that I I really have to, a lot of times I deal with people that have struggles and they're struggling a lot of times with maybe the, uh, they're giving and everything is because they've never really trusted God. They've never really said, you know what, I want to give to God what belongs to God. And that was just an example, but it's what divides my mind to show me what God says and what he wants me to do. I, I don't want to be guilty of arguing with the Holy Spirit, which there's a scripture that talks about grieving the Holy Spirit, which is arguing with the Holy Spirit. God's word separates me down to the joints and the marrow. The joint is the place that a knife could be taken. We could get into all of that, and it could separate. The marrow is the good part that's inside of that joint, and it takes the sharpest knife to cut the hardest part. But I want to tell you something. God does not want to get rid of what's good in your life. He's trying to get to it. The thoughts and intensity, he's trying to get to what's good in your life. That's why it cuts through to the joint and the marrow. We, When we make mistakes, God doesn't throw us away. He doesn't say you're no good for anything. He removes what is not good and leaves only the best. The word of God is what cuts away the bad and leaves the good. God's word separates thoughts and intents from your heart. Are you hearing me? Look at this. 2 Corinthians 10 and uh, 10 and verse 5. I got, I think, one more point here as we're going to finish. This is a good chapter. I really struggled with really going into this whole, most of this chapter. But 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, we hear this. Okay, casting down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We read that, and then it says, the knowledge of God, look at this, bringing every thought, somebody say, into captivity. Okay, captivity. How do I bring thoughts captive? Every thought, not just one thought, but every thought to the obedience of Christ. It's got to line up. What do I do? Listen, everybody listen to what I'm going to tell you. Taking your thoughts captive is a plan that must be set in place by you. It's a plan that says, I'm going to control my thought life. You say, Pastor, I don't, I don't know if I get that. Most of the negative Stay with me. That we get and are being fed right now is coming from the internet. Used to be it was newspaper, news channels, and there's still a lot of negative that we will get from that. You hear what I'm telling you? The reason that the principle of first, you remember the tithing? You remember the first thoughts of your day, the first things you do? are so important is because the principle of first does not change 
even in what you feed your spirit man. And in what you're feeding your spirit man is what was said on channel 12 or channel 3 or channel 16 or whatever channel into your spirit man. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? You may help you with something some of you going to identify with. Some of you wonder why you go to bed and you get up the next morning and you and you realize or you woke up that you were having nightmares. Some of it may be something that happened to you, but I'm going to tell you, some of it has to do with what you're reading and watching before you go to bed. And I don't, I can't say that I always keep this, but it, I've, I've been told that it's a good thing at least one hour before you go to bed to shut off all the social media, shut off all the television, don't even have that to coming into you. We want the peace of God to keep. If I could do anything, I want my youth to look at me right here, right now. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. If there's one thing I could give to you today, most of you have heard the word. You know that you, you need to live for it. But here's how. Let everybody listen to me. One thing I could give to you, I'd give you the peace. Most of you know that. The peace of God that says somehow this is going to be all right. See, the peace of God's different than the peace of the world. The peace of God gives you a peace that overshadows your mind, your body, your spirit, man, that says, God's got this. He's got my back. And I'm gonna no matter what I'm going through, it's gonna I'm gonna make it. I know that I'm gonna make it. Then he mentions that later in the chapter. Peace. The peace of God that passes, look at this, even your understanding. You don't gather it. Because God is the one that gives it. You can't understand it because it's beyond your thinking. But God says he has a peace that passes all understanding that will keep your heart and mind through, anybody know? Christ. Taking your thoughts captive is a plan that says I will replace what I'm putting into my mind that is causing these, I realize now that there are some things I've been thinking about. That's why I've been having these nightmares. That's why I've been getting up. You, Some of you wake up and the first thing you start doing is you're singing a song that you heard the night before. There's so many scriptures here that talks about even what the Lord does in the nighttime in your dreams and can do through your dreams. But a lot of times we shut that stuff out because we're putting other stuff in. Every time that negative thoughts come in, you need to try. You need to do your best to throw it out. Each time, use the word of God. How do I get rid of it? You have got to ask God to give you a word to defeat the argument that has been set against you. And the argument is the lies that the enemy is telling you through whatever, whether it's television or media or whether he's telling you whatever it might be. It's the lie. How do I know it's a lie? If it goes against God's word, it's a lie. That you're not going to make it. Come on, somebody. That you will be defeated. That you're, that, you're, that you're defeated. God doesn't tell us any of that. His word doesn't tell us. You're not a child of God. Yeah, you went to a conference. Yeah, you were with a bunch of people. Yeah, you got to hear these people singing. Yeah, you were raising your hands. But all of that will fade away. I'm going to tell you it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. What God did in you this weekend can be eternal and everlasting. You've got to believe what God's word has already said about these things. God put people in your life to speak into your heart. Let me give you this last one. Look at this. I know I shared just a point of this, but the third thing is just quit. Close. 
Your thoughts will determine how you feel and your future or your destiny. Most people understand the future, the destiny sometimes messes people up, but your thoughts will determine how you feel and your future. Philippians 4 and 8, it's a verse I read just about every morning with Bill. I need you to, it's one you can mark down, it's one you can write down, it's one you can look at, highlight. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, in other words, it's worth thinking about, if it's really worth thinking about, if it's praiseworthy, look at what he said. He said, meditate on these things. One translation says, think. We said last week that meditate on the Word of God. When it was told in Joshua for them to meditate on the Word of God, they would literally read the Word and they would speak it aloud from their mouth so that their mouth, that their ears heard what their mouth was saying. I know y'all are ready to go to the buffet, but let me just tell you, the reason that we come into church, and I'll say, guys, pray and let your, let your ears hear what your mouth is saying. Well, I don't know how to pray, Pastor. I don't really know how to pray. Have you ever found that the people, sometimes the people that say they don't know how to pray know how to talk? They don't have trouble talking, but they know how. Listen to me. God is not someone that you've got to figure out a way to to speak to him in order for him to hear you. I believe that when his children pray, he listens and he hears. I just pray to God like I'm talking to you. Come on, somebody. I just pray to the Lord like I'm talking to you. Why? Because I believe that he hears me, understands. He knows me from the inside out. God loves me. He cares about me. And he's wanting those things that are good for my life. And when your mind is so much like a computer, the things that you put in it, come on somebody, are going to come out of it. That's what it knows. So if you put negative in, you're going to get negative out. And that's how your feelings are going to go. That's how your thoughts are going to go. But when you choose to think on those things that are pure, lovely, and of good report, God wants you to know He didn't create your mind to be a dumping ground for Satan's lies. He wants you to know the truth about what He has said about you. I don't care what somebody else has said. I don't care what an uncle said. I don't care what they nicknamed you. I don't know. I don't care what they told you all of your life. If they said you were a failure, I'm here to tell you that God's Word declares that you are the head and you are not the tail. That you are not a failure. That you're a child of the Most High God. He cares about you. You've got to believe what He has said. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Look at this. I'm going to close. Guys, you get me a song. I'm the expressed image of the Son of God. I'm going to ask Pastor Bethany to come in just a moment. I'm going to ask her to help us. Son, don't, don't be focused on, on that. Just, I want you to understand, what is it that my first thought is? What are we? I had to go back because I thought, you know, when I was preparing and working on this message and everything, for at least the past seven
I trust God completely and I don't need to worry. I need to worship. Come on, somebody. I am content and I am emotionally stable. You know what we just said? Our mind. We have a mind of Christ. He didn't, he didn't design me without the mind of Christ. He gave me. 